No Pierre today. What? I'm here. <laughs> He's here in uh, living color on WNZF. Good to have you in the studio, Pierre. Well, thank you. All right. Today is our uh, media day. Local media, Danielle Anderson, also here with us. Good morning. Whoa, that was loud. So we got, um, we have Flygo Live. We have, look at our levels right here. We got Brian McMillan, who's always here. He is our uh, publisher of the um, Palm Coast Observer. Good, Good morning. morning, everyone. And also, uh, we have Rich Carroll, who is our uh, news and sports director for Flagler Broadcasting. Morning, Rich. Good morning. Good morning, Flagler County. All right. Rich is broadcasting from our newsroom studio. So I know you were up late last night because you were doing the basketball game, right? Oh, yeah. Exciting basketball game. Matanzas, Cape Coral. It was a great game if you missed it. Available on the WNZF Sports Network Flagler Radio YouTube channel. Fun time. So you got we're we're kind of getting into video. You are, and I know you're working out. We haven't really promoted it too much, but we are something to to watch out for because you've done football games, we're doing basketball games, and we're going to launch more of those kind of video things with Flagler Broadcasting. Um, but you can look back at them. You guys are doing a good job. You're getting the graphics down, the uh, two cameras, and uh, you know. Oh. <laughs> Cut it's to, been an ex- yeah. Cut to it's camera been an four. exciting year. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. You know, four different camera angles. Um, started way back with the baseball at the beginning of 2023, trying to expand. And I believe we've created what is one of the best uh, sports local sports coverages in the entire state of Florida with what we're doing because not many people have this. Where you have the games on the radio, you have video coverage on YouTube, on social media. So. Uh, we're trying to expand it, and it's been fun. We've covered baseball, we've covered football, we covered basketball. We went to Tallahassee to cover the Matanzas uh, playoff game with Lincoln. We went down to Lake Mary to cover the uh, the FPC uh, playoff game with Lake Mary. So it's been a big year for the sports department, and videos coming along, and uh, we're excited about it. All right, very good. So, what were the top <coughs> stories of Flagler County locally here in uh, 2023? And that's what I thought. I mean, Pierre, you've cover them. Danielle, you you do. We do. We got Brian covering them. Uh, by the way, we did uh, Chris Gollin with Ask Flagler. He's on the road traveling. We did invite him. Oh, good. And uh, but he can't make it. Um, but said, uh, I said, well, we'll give you a plug, and we'll try to make it next year on it. Um, so. We're doing that. The News Journal, um, I've asked them, I didn't ask them, I've asked them for many years and I've always gotten turned down where they didn't want, they had the reporters had to get approval and then by the time they got back, they want to know what, and I'm like, look, we're just sitting here talking, you know, but then they said, (laughs) no. They wouldn't allow but, but their... Did you, did you call the Sri Lanka office? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I guess that's... No, you no. got to go to the top, right? Okay. All right. So we're talking today on Free For All, and I'm David Ayers, and uh, just about some of the top stories in, uh, in Flagler County. So what makes a top story? Let me start that with Danielle. What makes a top story of the year in our local community? What would be the ingredients to qualify it as a top story? Oh, I think the cynical person would say clicks, right? No. <laughs> Come on, Pierre. Absolutely we know it's up. Pierre's not cynical. Of course he wouldn't say that. <laughs> no, it really is the heart-wrenching <laughs> stuff. It's the people, um, you know, when they respond, either comments, uh, emails, whatever, they send you and say, hey, listen, that really touched my heart, and um, I'd like to know more about it. I think that's really a top story for me. Something that emotionally infects the community? Whether, yeah, but it can, it can also be about a business story, a neighborhood issue that's happening, whatever. It doesn't matter, but it just really hits with the reader. All right. Brian, what uh, what would be a qualify for a top story of the year in Flagler County for 2023? Well, I would say the biggest, the, the most important part of it is 
how important it was, how big of an impact it makes on the most number of people. Um, but also sometimes there's a small thing that goes viral essentially. So I think that that can, can be a factor. Yeah. Yeah. Something something that speaks to the community. Yeah. Something that reflects the community doesn't have to be either negative or positive, but generally speaking, it's not exactly the way we've gone for the last many years. It's generally not been very good news. All right. So, Hmm. So you kind of judge what hits the nerve of the community, Brian, by how much reaction you get. Um, but then oftentimes you've talked about some of the tiniest stories get yeah. the biggest reaction. Yeah, sometimes they do. Like, I mean, the uh, we, t- we, we spent last week talking a lot about Boo Boo. Um, yeah, but that, that, doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that they're the most important stories. It I mean, doesn't. A, a lot of stories do get like, you know, a crocodile crossing, not a cro- uh, an alligator crossing the road will get two billion hits, but it's, it's a ridiculous story and it only speaks to the, you know, I mean. Well, I think, I think it does matter though if it somehow stays in the sort of collective consciousness of the city for a while and if people look back and think, oh, that crocodile, I remember that, that, you know, that, that's all everyone is talking about for, for a month. <laughs> Obviously that didn't right. happen. Meanwhile, but, serious issues are right. just completely set aside. That's true. Well, you are living in the age of social media <laughs> and just because something goes viral doesn't mean it's necessarily important. We see the most ridiculous TikTok videos, <laughs> challenges, all these things, they go viral, millions of people view it, but it's just, it doesn't mean anything. And yeah, sometimes maybe the most important stories are being ignored. Yeah, right. viral to me is diseased. <laughs> so if something goes viral, there's something a little off about it. All right, all right, Pierre, well, we'll kick it off here. What, what are you, and we're not ranking them one, two, three, four, five, like we started doing years ago, and that got a little right. more, but this is more off the top of our head, just conversation amongst us media guys and girls here. Well, there were more than a dozen stories this year that could rank uh, in, 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 in the Mm-hmm. ranking of importance but mm-hmm. definitely i think one that sort of stands above them all was the segregated assemblies at Benel elementary mm-hmm. um everything else you can sort of say well yes those were important stories but nothing comes close to this you know this was like a, a local hurricane basically okay and then for you know we have and a lot of people, people who don't understand what that was yeah a uh, fourth and fifth graders at Benel Elementary, black fourth and fifth graders exclusively were ordered to the cafeteria for two assemblies. And they were lectured by a couple of black faculty members about <clears throat> how they, and there was a presentation, a slide presentation um, that called them a problem. It, the, the word was used. They, they called those students a problem and told them that they had to up their game and perform better on tests. And they set them up in these competitions against each other to sort of encourage them to work harder and score higher. And it was exclusively black students, including the very high performing black students, the middle performing high students and the lesser performing high, uh, black students. Not to say, obviously, it didn't include all the students who, sh- who, who should be told that they need to up their game and it included too many who shouldn't have. So it basically turned these students into objects for, for, for the school's purposes. So how did that affect the, you know, I mean, obviously the school, but now those directly involved into it, it was traumatic. Um, but what about the rest of the community? Was How did that affect them? It was a poor reflection on the community because it brought so much national and to some extent international attention to the district okay. for a mistake that should have been caught, as we know from the investigation that the district conducted, it should have been caught early on and people were asleep at the wheel 
they were misjudgments that were not malicious, but that doesn't make them any less serious misjudgments that then dragged the, si- the, the school and the district in a situation that it shouldn't have been in. Okay. All right. Off your top of your head, Danielle, what uh, comes to your mind as one of the, the biggest impact stories of Flagler County for 2023? Well, I think it's more of a community story. Um, it was Al Cryer's passing and then the boat parade um, being so tremendous in his honor. I think that was a really big one because um, I didn't realize like he's connected to a family that runs Dunn's Attic um, in Ormond Beach. And so the the roots of that story and his impact in the community and the, the work that he did, um, I think that was really, really a big one. Okay, that's interesting. Um, but then again, see what your media too, you're like positive, feel good. And so you do a little different, um, angle nowhere here, nowhere on Pierre's is the boat parade. (laughs) I promise you. What's interesting about the boat parade idea is the, like, if you think about the most number of people who cared about a particular thing and you know, that people showed up and you know, yeah, I don't huge. know. I, 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 it's a very different criteria we're talking about, but okay. well, as that's far why as like, we have diversity w- here with the media, I guess, I guess one question is what will people remember the most about their own lives from 2023? Mm-hmm. Um, and what would that be? I, I don't know, but I, that's why I think I, it's interesting to hear something like, the but boat you think parade. about, think about what Al did also, you know, he was instrumental in getting like the trail put in. Um, so his impact is going to have safety impacts down the road and, you know, Sarah is such a powerful force as far as like, I don't know if you guys get press releases from her like every other day, but mm. I do. Sarah, you'll listen. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just, it's that yeah, the, uh, drive. Her news releases for the 2032 parade have started. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, she's just, she's a force. So. All right. Okay. No, I mean, well, this is good because here people thinking right now that we're involved in it or whatever. I mean, they're thinking like, yeah. So to, to the, to a lot of people, that was the, the biggest thing that made them feel good too. And there's the emotion with that. Yeah. All right, Brian, what's off the top of your head? What would you pick as? Um, um, I, have, I just made a little, a little quick list, but one of them that uh, stands out as a major event is the playhouse um, mm-hmm. burning down. Yeah. Um, the, the way that the community has kind of rallied around it, but it's also like you drive by, you know, when I drive to your studio and you drive by and there's this kind of skeleton building that has been uh, an icon in the community for decades. And it also just kind of, to me, it, it was, uh, it just kind of represents like the struggles of the arts community in general to, um, I mean, there's not a lot of venues to, to, experience art in Flagler County anyway. And then we just lost the most prominent one really, or one of the most prominent ones between that and the, the uh, Fitzgerald mm-hmm. performing arts center. But that, the, um, that was it, trauma. It was a horrible it, it, year exactly. for the arts. It was it, really probably the worst year for the arts in the County because we lost the play. The playhouse was like the capstone of a terrible, terrible year with mm-hmm. uh, Salvo going under the yeah. Flagler County art league that has been here before any of us were ever here and many of our ancestors were ever here <laughs> that it's been, it had been around 40 years. Yeah. It's, it's gone under. Mm. Um, and um, the Palm coast arts foundation that went under, those are four yeah. major organizations that disappeared. And that's terrible. It is. And why is that? Why did they? I mean, I've heard different reasons. So why did they? They got they went broke, basically, right? Well, there's a lot of that. Yes, I mean, there isn't enough support um, to sustain all these organizations, and of course, COVID had a great role in this. 
especially with the Palm Coast Arts Foundation. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and there may have been some pledges from local government, the city, to the Arts Foundation that didn't come through and things like this. So but there's many, many factors. But in, in the end, they're not getting the support that they need. Right. Is, is the community just not big enough still to have the kind of... The community doesn't cash? have enough apartments to have enough density and enough people to support this thing. Yes. In fact, the, I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding. We, we, this, this city is still not a city. This, this community, I mean, Palm Coast, Benel, Flag, Flagler Beach, we, we are still not, we don't have a city soul that has the sort of density that supports a culturally viable environment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, are we can't just create it out of sprawls. Yeah. Are there? Well, let me ask you guys this. <laughs> you guys are, uh, you're really into the arts. Are the, the Palm Coast <laughs> Arts Foundation, the different organizations, are they concentrating on the kind of arts that the general public here in Palm Coast are interested in? So the Flagler County Cultural Council just did a uh, strategic plan. It's in process right now. Um, and, and people from the community were surveyed from all walks of life. So that's, that's the goal is to find out what the community really truly wants. Yeah. Well, and there's an effort for consolidation, too, because there was fractured as, as typical with, I mean, churches do that. It's human nature. Kind of there's different tribalisms and different categories as there was through the arts and the culture. But I think there's a good effort now to consolidate the interest in it and everybody kind of getting along for something that would be really nice and a concerted effort on it. Yeah. All right. Rich Carroll, what, uh, what's, what, what would you rank as uh, one of the top stories of the year for Flagler County? Well, it's impossible not to agree with Pierre on the Benel Elementary School Assembly, but I'll take it a step further. I think as a whole, just the school board well, and the yes. school district, the new, the, the three new school board members. I was getting uh, there. Man, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the biggest story. You know, they vote not to renew Middlestat's contract, mm -hmm. which leads to uh, Lashaka Moore uh, and so many things throughout the act to Sally Hunt stepping down. Then she didn't step down. Now they have issues with the attorney, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the guardian program, so many interesting things throughout the year with the school board and the district. The B rating just came out. Uh, so I, I would have to say overall, it, it would be the school board and the school district here in this county. It, it, for me, uh, as a media person, it has been the most interesting thing to watch. Rich, you stole all the other big stories of the year all in one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's true. They, he's, he's right. And, uh, the, you know, the, the basic, the firing of Middlestat, which, you know, obviously Dave could give us great insights into because he was part of the chamber cabal that led this. <laughs> that's right. I was, yeah. I was one of the few that actually spoke up. The, it was me and for that reason, and I'm glad I did. So yeah. there we go. But, all right, we gotta take a break. Man, we go to break. He took a bullet. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll be back. Pierre Tristam in the studio. Flagler Live. Danielle Anderson with Flagler News Weekly. Brian McMillan with the Palm Coast Observer. Rich Carroll, Flagler Broadcasting. It's a media free for all on what happened in 2023. We'll be right back. This is Memory Hopkins of Memory Hopkins Real Estate. It's a name you can't forget. From lighthouse to lighthouse, St. Augustine to New Smyrna Beach, my team and I cover all of your residential, commercial, and property management needs. We are your local realtor with a longer reach. Find us at memoryhopkins.com. Resetting your password. Unsubscribing from emails. Printing anything. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with an auto owner's insurance independent agent, 
Getting the right coverage for your business doesn't have to be one of them. So you can get back to more important things, like learning how that printer works. That's simple human sense. Hi, this is Donald O'Brien in Flagler County. Call the Hayward Brown Flagler Agency at 437-7767. free for all Friday. Danielle, you look confused there. <laughs> what, what are those things on Mark's shirt? Are they... What are they? What? Iron Man helmets. Iron Man helmets. <laughs> see, I'm surprised you didn't know that. Daniel. I couldn't see them. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's awesome. Free for all Friday. Hey, we've been doing this for a long time here in Flagler County. Isn't this like the 14th Mark year? is good at that. How many years has um, Free for All been going on here? Oh, 15. 15. We, 15. Well, we started off kind of, you know, trying different things and... And I didn't want to do this. We had Patrick Kelly, actually, was a host for a while. You were doing it every day at one point. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to do it. And uh, so now we do it once a week, right? So, but anyway, free we had several Monday, hosts. But free for free Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. But, well, that was when we just had WNZF when it first came out. We just had one station and kind of put a, it's like your first kid. You put everything into it. And then you have another one. You got to lay on. Then you have the third one. It's like, hey, I don't care what you do. Just come back, you know, sometime. Then you have the fourth one and the fifth one. Fifth one. You don't, don't forget those two. Can't remember their names. Yeah. So media-wise, not to kiss his butt, but it is true that the purchase of the Observer is, I think, a significant and important local story. Yeah. Did you have that on your list, Brian? I did not. So, Brian, you bought the Observer from John Walsh. A lot of people are happy about that. John Walsh is happy about it. Yeah, it's uh, it was obviously a major impact in my family. Uh, when I was writing in my journal on December 31st, looking back over the year, that's clearly the uh, biggest issue for me. But I, I do appreciate there's there has been a lot of, of great support in the community for people kind of cheering us on. And um, it's pretty uh, it's pretty eye opening to <laughs> be a business owner all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty stressful and pretty difficult, but um, we're excited about what, you know, a, a thing is taking over the newspaper in this capacity, um, has been a really incredible experience because it, it kind of like you're, I'm looking at the paper in a different way and you see what good a community and any kind of news organization, but you know, since I'm thinking about mine, the observer, what kind of good a newspaper can do. Um, there's kind of a, between the, the, the word community has a common root word with the word communication. And I really think that's what we're all about right now, essentially is unless you communicate, you don't have a sense of community at all. Um, we, we, we have things in common and we have certain events that kind of all affect us, but if we don't communicate about them and if we don't if there isn't a way to, to um, if there isn't somebody communicating to us that these things are going on, then what are, we don't really have a community. We're all just in these little houses and silos and we don't, we don't know that we have anything that binds us together in any way. And so communication really is the creator of a sense of community. And so that's become very, you know, very clear to me and very apparent and, and uh, it's a motivating you know, it's why, we, it's why we do what we're doing. Okay. Well, there's a couple of things that I saw in terms of the importance of things. He's talking about the intricacies of 
why he enjoys what he's doing, but in terms of the impact on community, the two important things were, first, a print product survives, which is important in itself in, an air, in, a, in a time when basically print products are dying left and right. But the second important thing is that this accomplished the purchase in reverse. Usually we have these uh, newspapers and magazines getting bought out by um, by, by machines, by, uh, by corporations that are faceless. And in this case, it really is a very organic, community-based purchase that, that came from somebody who's been here for many years and, and, uh, and who knows the community. By the way, Flagler Live is working on an exclusive right to publish his intimate journals <laughs> soon. <laughs> okay. That would well, be good the, bedtime reading, right? Okay. Yeah. The, 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 the biggest challenge is, I mean, there's a reason that these, all these places are either going out of business or being bought up. And it's because it costs a lot of money. It's a, it's in, a lot of, in a lot of ways, it's a really bad business decision to put a lot of effort and energy into stories that only care, that only appeal to a very small number of people. Um, that's why it's such a difficult model. Um, the big companies that do it, it's like, well, we're going to write one story about Taylor Swift or Donald Trump, and it's going to appeal to a thousand newspapers all around the country. We write one story, costs the same amount of money, and it only appeals to a few thousand people. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a really tough thing. So, you know, the print product, I agree, is really important. I believe very strongly that that print matters and is going to be a viable uh, delivery mechanism for the community in the future. Um, but it it we're gonna we ha we depend on people on other businesses um, advertising and helping to make that happen. And so there are some there are businesses that advertise in part because they think. They agree, you know, that it's important to have a, a newspaper, and we, I, you know, that's another thing that's come clearly to my mind. Besides the importance of the community, is the gratitude that I feel about people that are willing to kind of step up and and support, you know, the news and and help our operation to to work. So, all right, okay. Well, it's important that we all survive and thrive and keep the communication going here. And um, I think there's a, a real bright future for community newspapers. I really do. Mm -hmm. You know, the pendulum swings kind of, and um, it, it's coming back to where, you know, it's content distribution. Uh, the uh, internet is the, you know, the number one place where people get their news, but it's also the number one place they don't trust the most. It ranks high as on a national thing. Um, local radio, local newspapers, local journalism is what people are looking for now for, and how they get it is really irrelevant. Just like if they read The Observer online or they get it in the driveway, if they listen to the radio and, hey, Alexa, turn on WNZF, we're there. Or if they're in the car driving, AM, FM, or streaming on our mobile app, it doesn't make any difference. So it's content distribution. Here you've got a very uh, strong people. People check. Some people are addicted to Flagler Live, which is sick. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> so we, we have to refer them to Flagler Cares now because of the addiction. They can right. get treatment there. All right, you kicked it off, uh, Pierre, with a story that you thought it was the um, the assembly of the uh, the black kids in yeah. Pinal. So give us another one. Throw one well, out there. Uh, the Brendan Deepa issue. Uh, he is the um, uh, Matanzas High School student who assaulted the paraprofessional um, in February, uh, right around, I think it was Valentine's Day of all days, and he wailed into her and really was extremely <laughs> violent. Mm -hmm. um, and this was caught on video. So at first he was uh, charged with, with battery on, uh, of, of, uh, of a school employee, but uh, when the video went viral all over the world, um, the state attorney's office upped the charges 
and charge him as an adult and charge him with aggravated um, battery of a school employee, which now means he's face facing a first-degree felony and 30 years uh, max in prison. He's getting sentenced, in fact. He has pleaded. He's getting sentenced at the end of this month. The, um, the reason this is a, an important story is because there's been other cases like this of a autistic child who has lost his, uh, lost his cool and been violent. Um, but when something is not caught on video and does not go viral, does not disease our minds by changing the way we see things, they're treated differently. And of course, a lot of other students who have been through this have been treated differently. We've documented it. I've seen them in court and they haven't gotten either the attention or the punishments. He is getting treated differently, not only because it was on video, but because he's big and because he's black and because we're racist. And in this case, it's very dangerous what's going to happen. At, I, don't, I mean, it's in the hands of uh, the judge, Circuit Judge Perkins. He's going to have to decide because Deepa has tendered an open plea, which is essentially, I'm at your mercy, judge. You decide how I should be punished. And it could, it could be a huge range of things. He could be sentenced to a youthful offender sentence, which would reduce it quite a bit. He could also be sentenced to something a lot more grave. And somebody should not be in that situation simply because... In this case, there was video, and in other cases, he almost killed her, though, right? He did not almost kill her. You do not almost <clears throat> kill somebody when somebody checks into the hospital, is treated, and is released that day. He did not almost kill her. That has been a repeated trope that has been put out there, that has also worsened, you know, the way we've seen this. It was a terrible attack. It was an unforgivable attack, but unforgivable in its place. And one of the things that we can't do as media and that a lot of media have done was sensationalize this thing beyond responsibility. And to, for, it, by, for instance, using phrases like he almost killed her. That is simply inaccurate. Well, OK, um, that's OK, Pierre. That's your second one. Danielle, your turn. Another top story for 2023 for Flagler County. What what's on top of your head there? Um, this one actually was kind of scary. It was the surprise tornado in October. Um, I think that kind of took everybody just by surprise. and I'd forgotten about that. That's true. That was, <laughs> no, that yes. was pretty crazy. <laughs> I remember going out there and I was just like, wow, you know, you don't imagine yes. something in in our populated area happening like that. So I forgot all about it, too. Yeah, so, our, yeah. We, we lucked out again, just like the one in 2013. It's as if these tornadoes, like they strike, they, they, they demolish some some properties. In this case, not as many as, as 2013, but 2013 spared every... I mean, they demolished homes, but nobody was hurt. And mm -hmm. again, in this case, nobody was hurt. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of weird is the whole Starlight Parade coming back and then yeah. getting canceled. And it just was kind of like, all right, let's retire the Starlight Parade. It seems to, to have like, <laughs> so, a, yeah, like a vibe. Yeah, that was tied to, tied to the tornado last yeah. year or a few years ago. Too. Can't do it. What are the odds? All right, uh, Brian, another one. You said the Playhouse was the top. So far, we've had... Uh, uh, Pierre um, talked about the assembly at the uh, um, kind of a racist thing at the uh, Bunnell Elementary. Uh, Dan, you said the Daniel, you said that the, the Palm Coast lighted boat parade was a real positive emotional thing and a big effect on the uh, the community. Brian, you said the uh, the playhouse fire that uh, was a horrible thing and. Um, and then uh, Rich Carroll said the uh, all the shakeup, which was 10 or 10, 20, 30, 100 stories in one <laughs> with uh, what's going on at the uh, school board. And then Pierre just on the uh, Matanzas, the uh, autistic kid, uh, the attack on the staff, which is still in the courts. And Danielle, um, the surprise tornado. <laughs> um, I guess that's a good label for it. So, uh, Brian, what uh, would be your second choice? Um, well, I don't know, again, for 
not, not necessarily that they're in order or anything, but no. I think that um, partly because uh, some of these things happened, you know, since I've been paying more attention to the news since so we took back over the paper. Um, but to me, the anti-Semitic um, vandalism in Flagler Beach was a pretty uh, jarring and, you know, horrible thing with in, amplified, obviously, and probably caused by the um, reactions to the uh, Israel-Hamas war going on that uh, it just shows how that, you know, international things can impact us locally, but to um, not only the, you know, the, the, the horrible kind of just visible, visceral example of this um, prejudice and hate, but also I, to me, um, uh, Levi, uh, Levi Izagui's, the, the, the rabbi's response that they just, they went back to the site of and they lit a menorah and, you know, at, at the site of the, of the vandalism, and that's the response to it. To me, the, the two things together are, are, I think, worthy of um, reflection for 2023. This, okay. man, this man had done, his, that, that had done his sinister homework. He had actually staked out the Jewish and Israeli yeah. businesses in Flagler Beach, which is, you know, it's not, it's many. not, it's not, easy, <laughs> it's not easy to do. He had to actually put in research to do this, and he mm -hmm. went systematically attacking them. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, took off for Ireland. <laughs> and then escapes to Ireland. <laughs> well, here, isn't there a whole lot of relief that, in fact, the, um, the, uh, that type of a person, a toxic person, you know, the cancerous type person like that mentally, is gone. It kind of like cured itself. Oh, yes. When he went to Ireland, right. it's like good riddance. I you know. know. Just, don't come back. Just like Donald Trump. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's gone, right? Oh, All right, Pierre. Pierre, your turn's over. We're going to Rich Carroll now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rich, uh, follow that one there. So uh, the anti-Semitic attack, not attack, and a protest or graffiti let's call it. poor graffiti too by the way no artistic skills at all the dumbest guy had. anyway so uh rich carroll what about you give us another one you had said the about the school board shake up and which is still shaking but go ahead um what's next well i'm gonna go positive here maybe steal danielle's thunder i hope not but uh, follow me here there, there's always a moment in history that leads to something growing and getting bigger i go back to april 18th 1923 when babe ruth hits a three-run home run in yankee stadium and look at how that <laughs> franchise grew from there the next 100 years and now i look at flagler beach and dale martin new city manager by the way that was another big story the Flagler Beach City Commission voting four to one to fire William Whitson, mm -hmm. which led to the hiring of, of, of Dale Martin. He asked a simple question back in November, I think it was, what do you guys do for New Year's? We don't do anything. He said, well, we got to do something about this. And he's thinking about, uh, well, let's, let's have a, a New Year's celebration next year. And uh, Commissioner Cooley steps in and they make something happen this year where they have the fireworks, first fireworks display in Flagler Beach, I believe, since 2019. The surfboard drop to kind of mirror the, the, the ball drop in, in, in Times Square. You had around uh, 500 people there show up. But this is something, when you have those moments in time where Dale Martin, he, he asks a simple question, what do you guys do? We do nothing. And then you, you put this together in a month, and it's a big success year after year after year that can grow and, and this event in Flagler Beach for New Year's it has that mythology behind it it has 
uh, Dale Martin coming in and, and, and creating this event. So, and it's something, if you think about it, Flagler Beach, that's something we should have. We should have a New Year's event there. We should have uh, a fireworks display. And yeah, the, the, the surfboard drop with the lights and everything, it's incredibly creative. It's a culture thing. We, call, we talk about culture in the arts. People love stuff like that. So I think Flagler Beach having their first New Year's celebration and the way it came about is, is something that will grow over, over time and become really a, a staple of, of the community here in, in Flagler County. I, I thought that was amazing. All right. Um, well, here also, Flagler Beach was incredibly lucky on New Year's because the winds were blowing out of the west into the ocean. And a lot of times they blow cold from the east on land, which which is normally what happens. And uh, the fire department would have to pull the plug on the fireworks if all the the, sure. the debris would you know come into the you know, houses. Yeah. But it was for a little context that adds uh, to the mythology, David. Oh, you know, Eric Cooley, the commissioner <laughs> in the commissioner of Flagler Beach, had actually uh, wanted to start this tradition two years ago um, because he thinks that it's important to have something in the middle of the winter at uh, on on New Year's to help the local businesses and to create something new and maybe. Uh, to sort of diminish some of the pressure on July 4th in Flagler Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, so he uh, obviously, when, when everything came together well. And uh, by the way, Colleen Conklin's children made that uh, surfboard. Oh, all right. Yeah, there there was, we go. Uh, um, let's see. So, okay, Rich, uh, that's it. Um, f- so the uh, Flagler Beach. Um, the New the Year's and Dale New Martin. Year's celebration. Probably, and yep. also wrap that into new city manager, Dale Martin, who's really a good guy. And, I, I, and I'm glad that uh, uh, William Whitson, you know, can live his life in peace now. <laughs> that was kind of <laughs> traumatic when his wife gets up there and goes, you're killing him, you know, William to the council. Yeah. He, he landed a good job <laughs> with, right. the, with the school discharge of, uh, of their, the, uh, it's, it's sort of uh, the impact fee, uh, uh, that that whole thing, which is very complicated for people from the outside, but anyway, he landed on his feet and he's doing a fine good. job with the because he's a great guy. I like yes. William; yes, he's a he's good a, guy. But yeah, I mean, if he's that stressed, if you're that stressed at any job, and when your wife gets up there and goes, "You're killing my husband," you know, it's like, <laughs> all right, maybe uh, you could try something else. Okay, so so, it, you're, so if you're really really stressed at your job, you're supposed to. Your wife in. Okay. I would, yeah. So there's major <laughs> achievements in Flagler Beach that took place this year that mm-hmm. we should also note, and that is the uh, the 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 major major uh, developments that have been put in place with the Margaritaville Hotel under construction now, and with the um, pier construction that is set to begin also uh, this year, and the beach renourishment project that's been in the works since 1820 <laughs> and um, they should be wow. getting that done by the end of this year it's going to start in june and it's going to be the first re-nourished or rebuilt beach in flagler um, ever that's one of know. the best stories when we do this next year so yeah it, but but i mean they secured you know the, yeah. the they secured those it's easements happening. that they needed yeah it took four years and uh, al-hadid and uh the um and scott spradley the attorney in flagler beach who's also a commissioner finally got those uh, easements after a four-year battle, uh, and, and that cleared the way for the Army Corps. And that started. one woman, the holdout, what a goofball she was. Well, it turns I mean, out, you know, but, uh, I mean, she was like final <laughs> bankruptcy and just in the way and everything. You know, not the kind of person you'd want to go hang out with. Well, anyway, I mean, so let's be, move on. Like There's never, a headline. I, so what a I've never met her. I don't they know. worked it out. They, <laughs> okay. they worked it out, and she she came. She finally came around. 
All right. Um, so are you going to count that as the uh, hotel finally underway in Flagler Beach and, um, and beach renourishment? As sort of all the development in Flagler Beach. Okay, yeah. and, is, and there's also A1A, by the way, that's also going to see some reconstruction south okay. of the pier. I mean, right. that's a lot. And uh, the, the fireworks were, in a sense, to sort of celebrate and to give pause before all this gets started and, 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 and hammers away at the patience of Flagler Beach residents. Mm. Again. Okay. <laughs> Here's I got one that I don't want to take your thunder from you. Our new hospital in August. Did you see that? Were you? Yeah. All right. I mean, a, a whole you know hundred new brand new hundred bed hospital opens up Advent here on Palm Coast Parkway, and everybody's oh they're tearing down all the trees or whatever. But I mean, what a beautiful facility the um the Freitag the cancer facility, and I think that was a major. I think it was a monumental plus for our community to. Um, expand the healthcare services and um, and everybody know that has gone there. They say, oh, it's great. You know, everybody's it's, so it's awesome. So anyway, so to Advent, my hats off to you. That's my one of mine for the the year that I think was cool. So give us another good Danielle. Your turn next. Well, I was actually going to say the Advent Health, and I got to stay there for three days. Um, I learned uh, when you get older, you get high blood pressure. So oh. uh, they had great service and everything was brand new. The and I'm actually working with the. Um, there's a community-based uh, committee to improve different things for the hospital. And one of the things we'll be working on is uh, perception of food service and the perception of um, the hospital overall. So it's, it's they're doing a lot of really great things at Advent. So I don't go, it's hospital food. Right? No, and the guy who's <laughs> over there, I mean, he's like really amazing. Um, so it's going to be some really cool things coming up in 24. Just take your salt shaker and everything will be good. That's right. <laughs> right. I'm, glad, right. I'm glad you got the treatment you needed, Daniel. Yeah. I'm sorry they had to go to the hospital for three so what days. You, so what, what are you doing? What's your, what are you doing to make yourself healthier and happier in the year? Well, I started going to the gym. Um, you follow along on reels. I threw like some crazy reels up just really to motivate myself. You know what I'm saying? Because otherwise I don't stay accountable and I'll sit on the couch. But yeah, just that and really cutting back some on the fast food. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. Well, Do you so you still ride your bike every day up here. Oh yes. Do you really? So, you ride a bicycle? I, 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 Stationary I was, bike. Right? I was interviewing oh. Alvin Jackson this morning on 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 the bike, like I like I do have the time. <laughs> Dude, I have that's a, awesome. Like, I have <laughs> to say, I, my, my my office is set up for with the bike as well. Walking wow. Alvin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's uh in great shape. So was he, he walking while you're riding? Oh, I didn't ask him. I, that would have been great. Yeah, that would have been interesting. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, Danielle, um, Advent, I'll give you credit for the Advent Hospital oh, opening. Oh, that's yours. Okay, okay, so something really cool that did happen. <laughs> the historic African-American Masonic Cemetery is getting some support. Um, the the Flagler County Historical Society, they've been working with um, some of the state folks and the Masons um, out of Bunnell. They have made an effort to team up and kind of restore and preserve that historic um cemetery that's over there on um old king's road mm -hmm. so that's super cool okay all right brian give us another one here. well i wanted to uh this is this is this is the hard part about being on a show with pierre is that he's he's so much <laughs> quicker you know than than i am but i did pull up frank fernandez's reporting on the depa um attack and according to this in the video you know as he's pounding her repeatedly on the back and on the head and as he's being led away, he said, I'm going to kill you. So yeah. whether whether he almost killed her or that was his intention, I think is maybe not really the point. The point is, um, it's a pretty it, it was a severe um, attack that was caught on camera. So there's kind of some evidence of. What happened? I mean, I haven't been to no, the no, court. I haven't been to the courts, happened. like you said. Well, you said know. that it, you, you seem to be downplaying the severity of the attack. 
the when we say he almost killed her, he did not almost kill her. He, he, okay, she, it, so, she, he, he, so if you shoot someone in the shoulder and they survive and they get out of the hospital the next day, is that almost killing someone? No, because where it's where it, he almost well, I think, hit no, him in the heart. Because then we're we're talking about the difference between somebody who's critically injured, who's actually on the verge of dying when they're removed from either a so, crash or a shooting, and somebody who is you know shot in the shoulder or who gets a bro- a broken leg in a car and and then and then survives let me referee much this. more easily. so it'd be better me, to say right. he tried to kill her we're yeah. talking Step about in there david i am did, did right. i'm tr- gonna i'm gonna referee this okay he said i'm gonna kill you <laughs> and you could argue that he did try to and he could have but the fact that he didn't is not a reason to means that he's not being that's, that's a good point because what happens if they don't break that up and 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 i will say that sometimes in situations like this where they get politicized in a way we lose track of the victim and the victim is voiceless and, and we don't pay attention to what they went through. So I think we should keep that in mind. And yeah, what would have happened if they didn't break that up? He probably does kill her. Or if somebody says that to you and does that to you, you have a right to get up and defend yourself and kill that person if your life is well, in danger. We can't go by what could have happened because in that case, then the argument in court should be, well, what would have happened if there was no video? And that's not in play. If that's not in play, we can't simply go on the, well, what what could have happened when he beat her has to be in play as well. Or what would have happened if there was nobody there to step in and and, uh, stop it. The video is important, but whether it went viral or not should not be a factor at all. And I think that's partly what you're talking about. Yeah, because that's really what was the dividing Mm -hmm. factor between him being upped into an adult and everything else that followed as opposed to not. That's that is speculation, though. All right, Brian, it your is, turn. Go based ahead. On the record, on. it is because we've documented all these other cases where there was no video and there was no uh, charges similar to this. Okay, uh, Brian, another <laughs> one for you. you. You said the Playhouse fire. You said the Flagler Beach, the uh, anti-Semitic, and also the uh, new city manager and good things happening at Flagler Beach. So go ahead. What's that was, another? That one? was Pierre. But that was Pierre. Oh, um, I will say, although this has kind of been covered with. Um, the whole school board umbrella, but I think LaShaka Moore being the new superintendent, I mean, it's kind of like pretty much anytime a major leader in the community changes, it's kind of a a big deal um, and deserves to be on the list like this. But um, I was, uh, it it was interesting, you know, LaShaka Moore, you know, gets hired and the story um, besides all the controversy behind it, I think that I, I was I was surprised, pleasantly surprised by on Facebook, you know, there's like, you know, hundreds of comments about about her. And anytime somebody said like, oh, well, she's making all this money. Um, and why doesn't a teacher make that much money? There were people coming to her defense and rescue, you know, not, not, not rescue her, coming to her defense and saying like, she's, she's great. You know, she's worth every penny kind of, kind of idea. And I thought that was a kind of, uh, emblematic of the kind of support that she has had so far. I've been, she's sort of like the, you know, untouchable, most popular person in Flagler. And in, in, it seems like everywhere she goes, it's like, um, she, it's like, she can't do any wrong. I mean, right now, obviously there's, She's got time um, to uh, everybody is going to do something controversial or make mistakes and everything. But um, the fact that she, she, you know, she's from within the Flagler schools ranks um, for the past several years and um, that 
there there was that much support for her, I think is is uh, is is a good thing for the community. And I hope I wish her all the best. You know, her getting that job the was the only thing the school board agreed on this year. <laughs> yes, but it was. It, I mean, it was thanks to Cheryl Massaro's maneuvers with uh, with Colleen. It was. I mean, they really sort of outflanked the the other three who really didn't realize what was happening. Which well, generally they don't. Well, I love it when you know the answer is within, and um, and we fought. Lashaka Moore has been on this show since she was principal mm-hmm. of the elementary school and everything. And give and, credit to Jim Tager who fast tracked her into a principalship mm-hmm. at Rimfire. Mm-hmm. She she was never an AP an associ- uh, an, an assistant principal. She he saw her potential, and he told me years ago she's going to be superintendent before any well, of this. Really? Was well, he, I mean, we, that's cool. And uh, well, that's why I wanted Middlestad to get out of the way. No, so and she then. <laughs> Middlestadt elevated her, fast-tracked her to the district because she also saw her potential mm-hmm. and she saw her as a future leader. And so that's the credit of these two leaders, who neither of whom should have been dealt with by the school board because remember Jim Tager as well was railroaded out of here by Janet McDonald and um, pretty much the same way that Middlestadt was in, you know, by, by, by the current majority. It's a tough job. I mean, the attorney and the superintendent or in the city... In, analogously with the county or the cities, you know, that those elected officials, they only hire and fire two people, the attorney and the um, superintendent or the manager. And so it's always going to be a controversial, you know, I'm running on this and the only thing I can do is to fire this person. So that's what I'm running on. And that's what I'm going to do. And once you box yourself in, it's like, uh, it, it, it's a tough job to be in that spot. And I mean, the, the average term is, you know, maybe five years if you're, if you're, Lucky. But, well, some Look people make it look things weird. When you say, we, well, you say it's a tough job. Some people make it look a lot tougher than it is. And other people <laughs> make it look easier than it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the appointments of Bill Del Brugge and Jacob Oliva and Janet Valentine, they were very smooth. They were the best years yeah. of a board that was functioning cohesively. There were lots of A's during Bill Del Brugge's tenure, five in a row. And, you know, things were working well and there was very little controversy. It was a nice, boring board the way they should be. <laughs> All right. Hey, Rich, uh, we're running out of time. Go ahead. It's your turn. Give us another one here. Last one that uh, you had said, of course, the uh, school board, which comes with does to it. Uh, New Year's uh, fireworks on the pier and Dale Martin. Um, what's your, your final one of the year that was the top story for 2023? Well, how about the grand opening of the State Road 100 pedestrian bridge back in September? That kind of went viral with all the memes people thinking it's an eyesore other people loved it It a lot of the memes were hilarious Um, and then you of course you had the glare the the reflection the drivers were complaining about so they had to deal with that but uh, uh, great intentions connecting the trail system uh, probably an asset for years to come so I think uh, the grand opening of the State Road 100 pedestrian bridge was a big story as well the bridge to the future I just pay for uh, Commissioner Dave Sullivan because he, every time he got mad, we go the bridge to nowhere. He goes, it's not the bridge to nowhere. It's the bridge to the future. So well, <laughs> Commissioner Sullivan, there you go, buddy. That one's for you. It'll be great. My grandchild will finally get to benefit from this in about 30 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Congratulations on you being a grandpa well, thank you. here. Your grandchild right. can walk across. Anyway, right. we've, we've okay. talked three or four years old. Okay, but, we um, got a few texts here during the show. One of them, actually, let's see, was um, you should talk about people that have passed in 2023. And then as somebody else, they go, how do you choose the words you use for your headlines? Do you try to spin it, influence it, clickbait it? 
what? So when you have a story, when you write it, we'll go with you, Pierre. What, what is, goes through your head to uh, put the hook on it, the headline? A headline is extremely important and because it has to sum things up very well and fairly. Like I'll give you an example on the headline that I'm working on that will go up after the show. Um, the uh, Benel, uh, the, the Commerce Parkway that is going to be funded, uh, that is funded, that's going to be approved on Monday by the County Commission, used to be called the Benel Bypass. And my initial headline this morning w had the word bypass in it. And after I spoke with uh, Alvin Jackson, uh, the city manager, and I, I told him, you know, that's what it used to be called. He said, no, that's not what, what, what it's going to be because we want it to be the Benel, the, the center of town eventually, not not downtown, but another another center. So bypass would not really reflect how this road is going to be. So that changed the, the you know, bypass has more of a punch, but it changed the headline because now it has to be, it's going to say, mm -hmm. don't call it bypass. Well, bypass almost <laughs> makes Benel look irrelevant. Like, right. hey, just, you but, know, you can escape Benel by but, not going but through it. the history of this was 15 years ago, the city manager of Palm Coast, Benel, the Chamber of Commerce, all opposed this road because it was going to be a bypass. And now they all embrace it because it's going to be basically a new center for Palm, mm -hmm. for, for Benel. Interesting. So so you have to be very careful in how you how you write headlines. And sometimes headlines, you know, backfire and and. and so, it, I mean, it's an important question. Great example. Danielle, what, do you, what goes through your head when you're going to put a, uh, do a story and then you put the headline on it? Because I want it to be light and fluffy, but let's talk about somebody who did pass. Um, Brand Gammon. Uh, well, we let's, finish, to, let's finish. We're going to get to that. Okay. The so, headline? No, light yeah. and fluffy. I want it to be happy. Right, oh, that's a good short answer. Brian, what the, do you do the, on your headline? The spit test. Spit test. Specificity, priority, irony, and tell everything. Wow. Yeah, well, that sounds kind of nasty. Well, there, there's, you know, one thing, one thing, never pun in a headline. Never. Well, no, the, the punning is the punning is the disease, you know, it's, and, 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 and punning headlines are just awful. All right, Rich, what about you? What about us on radio? We don't we we kind of do the headlines, a verbal one. What, 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 what how do you how do you start the newscast to get people's attention? Well, you, you want to allude to what the story is about, but you don't want to give it away. You want the audio from the news subject, whether it's the mayor or, or a county commissioner, whoever it is, you want the actual story, the news to come from them with what we produce. But the, the lead in, you want to leave a little mystery to what's coming up, but at the same time, uh, make it interesting enough that people will keep listening. Because we're in the entertainment business. Pierre's right. in the news business. Danielle, Brian, they're in the new, we're in the entertainment business. And if we can get them the news, entertain them, inform them, educate them, then we've done our job. But I like that. Because you do, you start off with the sound bite, and then it's like, right. what the hell is that? And then you got to keep looking, you kind of like explain what it was, but you get to hear the person the reality, doing the, it on the, it. So. The reality is that we are competing against all the viral TikTok videos for people's attention. So knowing, trying to grab someone's attention is part of what you want to do in a headline. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you are trying to play up the most important most surprising, most interesting thing in the story. And, you okay. know, you, but in the most accurate way test. you can. Oftentimes people only read the headline, right? And maybe the first paragraph. Right. Yeah, that's true. All right. Okay. Let's pay some tribute here to people that have passed in our community over them. Let's give the full respect there, Danielle, right off the top of your, well, you already said Al Cryer. Uh, Al Cryer. And then Brent Gammon, he was a firefighter, um, EMC paramedic with the city of Palm Coast. And they created the Gammon Rock for him this year. Um, and it drew a lot of people here from all over, and it was really, really amazing. Okay. Kai, I can see we should not forget. Uh, you've had oh, him on gosh. the show, Kai, mm. Um, mm. who was the uh, co-owner of the yeah. Humidor and uh, who r r ran the uh, 
um, Office Divi. The Office Divi mm-hmm. and, and uh, Entrepreneur Night that ran for many years until COVID. Um, he and his wife, I mean, they really had a huge impact and continue to have a huge impact in the mm-hmm. community. Yeah, um, no, that's, that's and, true. And that was very, I mean, that was untimely and, and, and terrible. Yeah. Anybody off the top of your head, Brian? That, well, um, I, I didn't really uh, prepare for that question exactly, but the person who keeps coming to mind right now because it's, it, it's kind of news and fresh is um, there's a painter named Bill Brandt who died recently in the community. And I did a story about him several, you know, early in the, in the observer's history. Um, but he was a, he was a very accomplished painter. He did, he did teach at some, uh, at adult education in Flagler County a long mm-hmm. time ago, but I'm trying to still put together something about him, but, um, been talking with his Hollingsworth. Wife. He was, uh, he was, yeah. uh, did, he was showcased at Hollingsworth. And of course, uh, yeah. Charlie Erickson, the former mm-hmm. County commissioner. Um, yeah. There's, I'm sure there, there's many, I mean, off the top of my head, Michael Kenny passed away a lot of people didn't know who michael was and a lot did he was very instrumental at the uh, florida agriculture museum um he really did care love of this community um made me a kentucky colonel which is a plaque on my wall that um, i'm honored to have i don't get a discount at kfc but i still <laughs> now, uh, have that i got to mention this now obviously this isn't along the same lines of people passing away because this person was on death row and was I- executed but uh, L- louis gaskin uh, is the first uh, Flagler County inmate ever to be executed, and he was executed this year. We had the distinction in Flagler County since the uh, uh, capital punishment was restored in '73, never to have had an execution. Also, by the way, Flagler County has not a single recorded lynching in in the lynching museum in in, in Alabama, which is also, I think, a, a unique distinction among. Counties, which is surprising because you wouldn't think that of Flagler County. It's a, it was a pretty backward and pretty bigoted county, but there is no recorded lynching and there was no recorded capital, capital execution until Louis Gaskin, which I think is a shame. Yeah. Um, also, Mark, you're right. We cannot um, talk with, uh, go without talking about Bill Willis, who was very, um, he, with the Palm Coast Internet, um, he, he did a lot with the uh, technology through this community and suddenly unexpectedly uh passed away and um he's done a lot with the communications and people and and he was kind of a behind the scenes guy at a catering company here with his wife and everything and we lost him in 2023 as well and his family was able to be at the taste of the fun coast and really um help carry his legacy on Mm -hmm. yeah which is cool all right. Well, anyway, um, good conversation. Pierre, good to have you in. We should, well, uh, thank you. Not to be all negative, but I think the Orlando-Tampa, the Orlando-Miami-Bright uh, line is a great a great news story for the year, the, 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 the new line, mm-hmm. and I hope it expands. So that's that's good for all of us. Yep, definitely. Yeah, it may come to Flagler County someday. Who knows? He yeah. said, hey, if there's money to be um, the owner, the CEO at our... Tiger Bay meeting said if there's money to be picked up, we'll put a train station there and pick it up along the way. So we just need more rooftops and more people to to make it worthwhile. Danielle, final comments? Uh, Just want to give a shout out to Jay Sher, the new president of Flagler Tiger Bay Club. After five years in operation, the Don and um, Greg retired. And so now there's a new person at the helm. And that was a big story for us here in Flagler. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Okay, very good. Brian, final words from you. Uh, Just... I think it's a great time to reflect and set new goals. I know it's kind of cliche. Everybody tries to do it, but I think it's really important. And uh, we can, you can really make a difference being intentional about how you're going to make, make it better in 2024. All right. Very good. Rich Carroll. 
Ridgeview, Matanzas, uh, high school basketball in Flagler County. Watch the game tomorrow night on the WNZF Facebook page and the Flagler Radio YouTube channel. All right. Very good. Everybody have a good weekend. Be safe. Serving Flagler County for over a decade. WNZF, 1550 AM, 94.9 FM, and W235 CW Benel.